Grant, we have to have a discussion about something that's really, really distressing me. Uh, I thought... Uh, anal warts? Well, okay. The second most pressing thing that's concerning me this week, it's uh, something that is directly going up against our freedoms, up against our very democracy. The royal wedding. Okay, so there's three things I'm worrying about this week. And, and the third most important thing is it whether is fact... Meghan Markle's dad will make it to the royal wedding? Okay, so there's four things that I'm really worried about this week. And the fourth most important thing that I'm really concerned about, like I said, is this threat against our freedoms and our democracy, which is, I don't know how people are hearing Yanni. I don't know it either. but I, I, I don't get it. it. It doesn't sound anything like that. I hear Laurel completely. Like, so clearly. I had my phone speaker. I put it right up against my left ear, then my right ear. I even plugged them both. And I was like, I, I just hear Laurel. Like, clear as day. It's like so specifically that word that I thought for a moment that I was being tricked. Like, there was some sort of conspiracy being thrown down on social media. But no, legitimately, people are hearing a different word. Well, it could be uh, it could be one of those things where people just want to be contrary. Sure. You know how everybody sky is in blue. I've never seen a blue sky in my life. I'm what are you talking about. I'm really upset about you know. I get Bodie McBoatface. That was funny, but now everybody's like, <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah. Everybody's you know naming everything. You know, uh, there was a, a new a minor league team in Vegas that's changing its name. To Bodie McBoatface. Well, no, and and so they asked for suggestions, and one was baseball McBaseball face. I'm just like, come on. Sure, yeah. You don't need to do this for every single thing now. It's just like Watergate happened, and now every political scandal is, you know, something gate. Something mm-hmm. gate. Always gate. I'm like, let's move on now. <clears throat> Anyways, I wanted, I, I, I wanted to eventually I wanted to eventually go full circle and have a, a political scandal that's called Watergate Gate. Oh God. I think it'd be great. You'd see me get an aneurysm from space. <laughs> <laughs> the nine wonders of the world, and one of them is Grant's aneurysm. But have you have you ever heard about the fact that um, people can hear um, because we hear differently, every one of us? Yeah, I mean, this is the same thing. It's like, how do you know, like, your color blue is my color blue? Yeah, and I exactly. think this is just a distillation of that, something that we can actually prove more specifically than how we can see, I guess. It's a, a little bit easier to demonstrate those th- that concept. For people, this is what I initially thought, and I just don't have the smarts to actually test that out in any conceivable way. Uh, yeah, because when you I are it's like, stupid, this ha- I am. It's like this has to be something like some sort of tone or some sort of I don't know decibel level. That's not or frequency level, depending on who you are, maybe age or, or something like that is impacting it so that it actually does sound completely different. Well, there and then is... that was proven. That was actually proven. Someone showed that online. Well, there is a, a, a if you're something, bet- you know, before the age of like 16 or something, those people can hear a certain frequency that no one else can hear. Right. That's There's those stories about certain like retail stores. I forget if it was in the U.S. Oh. or it was like Australia or something. But they would actually play a certain frequency that would bug teenagers so that they wouldn't hang around. Yeah, and that's just crazy to me. Uh, but yeah, I, I did. Um, there was uh, a website that had the like a bunch of different pitches of this Laurel. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I got to this certain pitch. I kept hearing Laurel, 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 Laurel. 
And then I got to uh, the second to last pitch, and it was clearly Yanni. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really crazy. I I forget which way it goes. I I know when it was pitch shifted down, that's when I could actually hear it being Yanni specifically. So I don't know if that. I think that means that I don't hear like top level frequencies, like the really high frequencies, and that's why I'm hearing that. Is that treble? Sure, a treble without a cause, right? Uh, and then I think the other way around, if people don't have a easy time hearing low tones, low, low low frequencies, that's when they hear the laurel more more specifically, or somewhere around that that frame. Really fascinating stuff, though. I I actually think I'm going to make a video about it, and I'm going to release this week, just talking about this whole concept because I think I I did release a tweet about this already. So go check out my Twitter at the Kyle Marshall. Uh, there's some great stuff content going on over there. Um. But I think it, what this shows is that this very clearly is probably why certain genres of music people hate. Or, like, someone always has, like, a favorite sound or a favorite tone and that other people can't actually stand. Or when somebody tries to communicate something, why some people sometimes have vastly different interpretations on it because they're literally hearing different things. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. Fascinating. Well, welcome to whatever this is. This is the podcast where two guys sit down and try and discover whatever this is. My name is Kyle, and I'm talking to Grant, always a Laurel, never a Yanni, Tingley. Always always a bridesmaid, never a bride. <laughs> That's correct. Now, I believe, Grant, you told me before we started recording, sorry to slide back this curtain to let people in, but you've been too exhausted. We're not doing a game, correct? Yeah, it's been a long day. I was going to, the plan was for me to, it was supposed to be a, a reasonably shorter day for me, but it ended up being a really long day. So I was going to come home and just get the game knocked out. But I was just exhausted, and I just laid down when I got home. My back's killing me, so. For sure. Okay, well, then let's just jump right into some of the topics we want to discuss this week. We always go through a bunch of high-ticket items, whether they're in the news or in the pop culture. Uh, Grant, I think what we need to do first, though, Before we even jump into there, something we forgot to address last episode in our Summer Movie Wager. By the way, play along with our Summer Movie Wager if you haven't already. Uh, Friend of the show, um, name who I'm completely forgetting. Blake. Blake. Oh my god. I was like, (laughs) for some reason, Brock Brock jumped into my head. It's not Brock Lesnar. It's not Brock Lesnar who's making the Summer Movie Wager for us. Um... But Blake has made up a really good breakdown of who's in the lead. Right now we're tied because we both are right right now that The Avengers is the number one movie. So as the movie season goes on, we can see who is actually going to win this wager. But the current wager we have was about Avengers 3 specifically. And we both had some pretty bold claims. We made some pretty bold predictions. I'm on a win win streak right now. You're on a win streak. So... Number one, this is my bold Mm. prediction, right? I predicted 100%. I was so 100% sure that Iron Man slash Tony Stark, by the way, spoilers for uh, Infinity War if you still have not seen it, but that's your fault now at this point. No, I I declared that you had two weekends to watch it and then spoilers could come out. Culture culture moves the way that Grant tells us to. Yeah. So you had from from Thursday. Mm Mm-hmm. To not the not the that Monday, but the following Monday. That was your window before spoilers can be openly discussed. 
All right. Well, there we go. So Avengers 3, I said that if Iron Man dies, I was 100% sure that he was going to die in this movie. I will say pretty confident he's actually going to die in Avengers 4 then in this case, but I, that's not what I said. I said in Avengers 3, I still don't, Iron I don't, Man I don't, I don't was think going to die. die. I don't think he's going to die in Avengers 4 either. I think he's okay. going to retire and become a mentor, you know, and that's about it. We I think... shall see, Grant. We shall see. Anyways, I said that uh, I was so bold into this thing. I was so sure of it. I said to Grant that I will watch Punisher, the Dolph Lundgren edition, if he doesn't. Uh, if I had been right, Grant would have to track down the original Fantastic Four film from 1994, which is hardly available. Anyways, so my punishment, I have to go and watch The Punisher by Dolph Lundgren. So I own that. There's another one, though, here. Grant, you were very, very sure that uh, Mr. Peter Dinklage, his role was going to be Mephisto in this movie. Yeah, that was. I wasn't pretty sure. It was just a. It was a. It was a feeling. More than a feeling, more than a feeling. Um, I think you did a mistype here, but regardless, <laughs> you were sure that Mephisto was going to help Tony take Peter's place in, in the movie somehow, uh, which means... Yeah, take it if... Uh, I don't know what that meant. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, what it means is that you have to go and watch Howard the Duck. Yeah. Both, and if you had been both... right, I would have had to have watched the Hulk versus Thor movie that I did not realize was a thing uh, until you talked about it a few weeks ago. So, here's our... We're, we're both punished. You have to go and watch Howard the Duck. I have to go watch Punisher, the Dolph Lundgren edition, and we'll report back maybe next week if we both remember to do this. Well, no, you, you have <laughs> or sometime to... Al- in the future. You also have to watch Hulk versus Thor. Why do I have to watch Hulk versus because Thor? Because if... Uh... Wait... You were wrong, so you have to watch Howard the Duck. Yeah, but uh, yours was if Meph- you were like Mephisto makes. You were saying Mephisto was going to make a deal on both sides because that was. Uh... Oh, I see. Now I'm reading this uh, in our in our document more more appropriately. Yeah, okay, I, I, well, to- I I totally fucked that like the, all that typing. That this is like <laughs> I was I was on people can't meth. yeah. People can't see this, but the, the, the sentence makes literally no sense. So I was inferring about what, what I was supposed to say. Um, okay, fine. I have to go and watch the Punisher Dolph Lundgren edition, and I have to somehow track down this Hulk versus Thor movie. Uh, but you still have to go and watch Howard the Duck. You've you got so. you to check out because there's a good chance that the Hulk versus Thor movie might just be on uh, YouTube. Okay, well, I'll track it down. We'll report back at some later point in the future, definitely before the end of the summer. Isn't there another uh, punishment you're supposed to do that you've never... Oh, the peanut butter project. Oh, my gosh, you're right. <laughs> what was that for? I can't remember what that was for. Uh, that was the Oscars. Oh, it was Oscars. It was the Oscars. So, you're right. I still have to watch the great... Okay, well, there's three movies I have to watch, Grant. The Great Peanut Butter Project Experiment a movie that doesn't exist but apparently exists. Uh, Punisher the Dolph Lundgren edition and this Hulk versus Thor film. You still have to watch Howard the Duck. I still think you probably have the worst out of all of these <laughs> these options here in this case. Well, I've always wanted to see a uh, duck boobs. Leah, see some Leah duck boobs. Leah Thompson, fuck a duck. I just met Leah Thompson, by the way. Was she fucking a duck? She was not. No, but she was very, very kind. I got to. Uh, meet her at the Calgary Comic Expo that just happened. They brought back all the Back to the Future cast. And Michael J. Fox was actually supposed to be in attendance, but he had to pull out like a week before because of some medical stuff, which is too bad. Well, yeah, I, I assume he only had a shaky commitment. 
Oh, come on, Grant. Come on. That's an easy joke. Um, anyways. <laughs> he, uh, has, stood... he has Parkinson's. I know. Anyways, I stood in line with a friend who I went with uh, to go and talk to the rest of the cast. We didn't get to see Christopher Lloyd because the lines were just so long. Uh, but we got to see uh, Leah Thompson, who was very sweet and very kind. I, I brought up, I don't know, maybe I'm that fan that gets really annoying but i was like i brought up caroline in the city <laughs> remember the sitcom from the mid 90s called caroline in the city yeah Grant? it had a character that had for some reason always wore roller skates sure yeah something like that i barely remember it. i just know she was in it Did, and it was have... on either before friends or right after friends i can't remember how it worked you should have asked her if she's seen the family guy episode that shows the uh, caroline in the city finale uh, where Caroline murders everybody in the cast. Well, that would work. That would make sense. Um, also, the um, oh my gosh, the guy who plays Biff, Thomas, who, Tom, something, Tom, yeah, Tom W. Tom, anyways, Tom something uh, was a riot. Yeah, he's he a was stand-up so comedian. much fun. Yeah, he's a comedian, but man, he was a good. He was good. He was so much fun. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson. Thank you, Thomas Wilson. He played the jerk exceptionally well, but you could tell like he was doing it kind of like to goose and to to be funny and stuff like that. Uh, I also went to the um the, the the talk I guess the panel that they had. It was in the bigger stadium area uh, for a night of Back to the Future, where they had all three of them up on stage, and he kind of just took over the entire evening, telling these stories. He got really emotional in a few spots too. I wasn't expecting that, but anyways, good night. He was he's a great performer. You, sh- uh, Grant, you should have probably it... see if he was uh, at Yuck Yucks. Oh, you're right. I probably should have checked that out. I bet he probably did like a, a guest performance or something like that. Yeah, somewhere. it wouldn't have surprised me. Um. Anyways, let's get into some of our topics here. Uh, so I'm just gonna be uh the one that brings them all up. Okay. So uh, people have started predicting this is this is a recent. Uh, th- I mean, everybody was questioning that it might die, but people. Well, I are... did. We, yeah. we we did that basically. It's like, how is this making money? There's no way this is making money. But Movie Pass has started to. Uh, people have started to forecast it's uh, going to be soon demise. Right. Yeah. Do you think it actually is going to die? I mean, the the reports I've been reading online is is basically the people who are running Movie Pass, and just to make sure that if people don't know what this is, how much is it per month, Grant? So you're I'm, you're part of it. I think I don't know because it's you know I paid for the year, and right, I paid right. I paid like sixty nine dollars for okay. the year or something like that. It's it's something like I can't remember seven ninety five or something like that a month. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's like ten dollars a month, and it originally was that you could see unlimited movies per month, one a day or something. Yeah, but I, unlimited movies. I can still um, do that, but I think it changed to one a week. Yeah, I think I it's, think is what the actual terms and conditions are now. Regardless, still a crazy deal. If you're spending ten dollars and can see four movies that month, that's bonkers. But the reports online that I've been seeing is that the person who is in charge or the people that are in charge are just really good at getting investors to give them more money. So I don't know if the the idea here is to sell off the people, like the data that the people are giving to them at some later point, and that's where they're going to get make all their money, or or what they're going to do, or maybe they will just close up shop. But it just shows you 
that with enough grit and determination, and as long as you're white, you can get a bunch of money thrown at you. It's uh, any theater, any movie, any day, unlimited, nine ninety five a month. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we, me and you talked about this a, a bunch of episodes ago, but we were kind of saying, like, I don't get how this is making money, but jump on it while you can, because this is an amazing deal. Yeah, we, I mean, we brought it up a bunch of times, really, but we really focused on it that one episode. But what do you think? Is this something that you foresee lasting until the end of the year? Well, I hope it lasts. I hope it lasts um, the year that I paid for. Sure, yeah, I can understand that. If not, I got to get my, I think, because I think mine worked out to something like six something a month. Because I paid mm-hmm. in a lump sum, so. How and if you use it, are you seeing more films because you have it now, or are you seeing about the same amount? You just have to pay a lot less. Oh, I, I was seeing more films because I would go see something like Chips. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, like horrible movies. You know. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm but I'm seeing, I'm seeing movies that I would never have seen before. Um, but because my dad broke his leg, I haven't, you know, had a lot more, as much free time. I needed to, uh, take care of this guy that broke his freaking leg. Mm -hmm. So why just, you just wheel him into another Avengers screening with you. You might get really, really good seats. I've seen it twice already. Avengers. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll probably, how how many times has your dad seen it? Zero. Exactly. Take him again. (laughs) <laughs> hey pops, I'm I'm taking up to the movies. So uh, this this uh, girl's mom went and saw it, and she hadn't seen in you know she For she sure. was yeah, she yeah. she was hadn't like seen a single other Marvel film. Well, and no, she she kind of is familiar. Have an opinion on it. So she said three things. It was like um, I can't exactly remember what all three were, but one of them was uh, when did Hulk become the bad guy? Because she thought Thanos was the Hulk. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, and I, I, I just tweeted at her. That's adorable. Her yeah, mom's adorable. I, I think oh, I forget. I think I mentioned this last week, so I apologize if I'm just reiterating something. But I get so annoyed. I don't care if you don't like the Avengers movie. That's totally fair, totally valid. If you don't like it, I do have a problem if you've never seen any of the Marvel films or like have seen four of them. And decide to walk into Avengers Infinity War and be like, this, this doesn't make sense because these storylines are not being spoon-fed to me about what's going on. That's your own fault at that point. Yeah. Okay. I, I found the tweet. Um, when did the Hulk become the bad guy? She means Thanos. Everybody's friends died. I did not like that. <laughs> sure. I don't think anyone liked that. And then ev- the last one was, where was Wonder Woman? Oh, that is perfect. I mean, that is, like, the nerdiest nerd thing where you have to, like, push up your glass. Like, well, actually, there's two different universes, and DC and Marvel, like, I mean, it does get confusing when you are just looking at superheroes as this big amalgamation. Well, there's three different universes, because you got to count the Arrowverse. And how about the Fox universe, where all the uh, X-Men oh, are? Oh, so four different universes. And then you got to count, uh, you're going to have to count the DC streaming. Uh... So five different universes. So there's going to be five different universes so. oh my gosh how about the animated universe oh god there's six <laughs> six or seven i guess because there's gonna be the dc one and the marvel one this is this oh is boy out of oh out boy of actually on that topic what uh, if, i know what dc if Thanos... and marvel dc and marvel are both releasing animated films like animated superhero films into theaters um 
and I think that's a great idea. I, I, I don't know why they don't do more of that. I mean, I guess it's probably more expensive for, like, advertising and to actually distribute it instead of it just going straight to DVD. Or there's no DVDs anymore, but straight to video well, no, but... <laughs> uh, on demand and stuff like that. I just think it's a great idea. I can't wait for them to do more of it. Well, they can do, you know, those uh, – I forget what it's called, but that company that does those special, you know, like pl- plays the uh, Shakespeare – Royal Shakespeare oh, sure. Company, like do the yeah, yeah. do like one night of uh, of uh, the new animated Batman movie or the new animated um, you know whatever movie Spider Man that's coming out. And, well, yeah. the Spider Man's coming out in theaters. That's the, right into the Spider Verse or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. which is a dumb name. It is a dumb name. <laughs> I'm very unfortunate. By the way, on the soapbox again, we'll talk a little bit more about this in the what we've been consuming this week segment. But I still don't get why Broadway shows do not get put into theaters. Like a special night. They do it from London. They do like the Royal Shakespeare. They even do in Canada, they do like the Stratford Festival. You can see some of those Shakespeare plays being broadcast. They do the Met, the opera gets broadcast, but Broadway shows don't. I think it's the dumbest thing. Yeah. I'll pay you $30. I have $30 and I will give it to you so I can go here in Calgary and watch, maybe not Hamilton, I get it, but still, you can you can give me some spam a lot. Yeah, and, something. and it's, and it would be a, a it would be uh, like one night only, you know, just for certain, you know, just to get it, you know, people that can't travel to New York, a yeah. chance to see the stuff. You're just you're cutting out a lot of of audience, I think, right? Yeah. There's not like I'm not going to jump on a plane, find a place to stay, go and see the Broadway show, fly back. Like that's just a bunch of money that I have to spend to get to New York to watch a show. And and just imagine. Uh, People that have never seen a musical before, they come, they watch, you know, they go, wow, you know, this is awesome. I like this. And then, you know, because also, you know, most people don't want to spend $65 to go see their first musical. Sure. No, I get that. Plus, I mean, for a lot of people, this will be the first time they see a gay person. (laughs) They've never, ever seen that before. Yeah. It would be great if uh, Alan Cummings show was shown in the theaters for one night only. That's R-rated right there. Just his name is R-rated. Yeah. Oh, what is his uh, his perfume or his cologne is called Coming. <laughs> yeah, perfect. All of, all of Coming, please. Just just spray Excuse Coming. Me, I... Just spray Coming all over me. Excuse me. Can you get me Coming? <laughs> <laughs> you just start the Coming. Just get me Coming, and then I will take care of the rest. Correct. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what's uh, what's next here, Grant? Now this uh, this is something that um, I expected kind of uh, because I didn't re- I didn't understand why they were doing it so soon. Mm. But a lot of people are are saying that Flashpoint, which was going to be the first Flash solo movie, which really would have been you know you know there would have been a bunch of other superheroes in it anyways. Because it kind of would have been like civil, like kind of like Civil War, where there was is Captain America movie, but there's a bunch of other. But, but really, it's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Flashpoint, which is where um, the Flash goes back and saves his mom and ends up changing the entire universe. So, so wait a second, you have you have it written down here that Flashpoint might be dead. So yeah, Flashpoint, they might be done. They might not do Flashpoint now. So you're saying, sorry, 
because the, say what the plot line is. That's what I was about. That's what I was getting into. I know, I know. I interrupted you, and Jeez. I didn't mean to. Jeez. So Flash. What, what, what's the plot? He goes back in time, saves his mom from being. Actually, murdered. Grant. So I'm going to interrupt you again, just because I can. What's the plot? <laughs> Thanks for shrubbing me. Uh, yeah. Go. You, Flash goes back in time. He uh, saves his mom from being murdered. Then he comes back to the present. He realizes he changed history. Oh no! And he um, has to kill his own mom. Uh, um, well, to fix every fix everything, he has to. Uh, first of all, he loses. He lost his powers. Oh. So he never convenient. got his powers. So he goes. So he has to recreate the the incident. Uh, so he thinks the only person that can help him recreate the incident is Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. He goes to find Batman. He goes to the Batcave, and you know, Batman's like, "How the heck did you know where this is?" Uh, and it turns out that it's Thomas Wayne that's Batman. Oh, and Bruce Wayne okay. died in the alley instead of his parents. And that made his mom go insane, who is now the Joker. Uh, the Atlanteans and the uh, Amazonians are at war. Uh, so it's a lot of crazy stuff that happened. So, so basically, Flash's mother was like the linchpin of the entire DC universe. Exactly. So yes, he has to go back in time and let his and and stop him from stopping uh, his mother yeah, from yeah. dying. It's still a cool kind of story, right? Where it's like you're given this two choice. It's like that like train that's barreling down. It's like it either going to kill your mother or it's going to kill five people you don't know. Yeah. Do you flip the switch to kill the five people you don't know? Um yeah, it's an interesting concept. So, but what you're saying? Oh, by, me, Grant, by the way, I would flip the switch to kill the five people I don't know. Oh, I mean, yeah, hundred percent, every single time. Because imagine the guilt that you would have of killing your mother. Yeah, I mean, you you turn into Joker right there. Uh, but what you're telling me, Grant, then is then the scene. Oh, but by the way, there is a number of people that I would I would let my mother die. You know, if we're talking about a thousand people. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, I mean, if we're talking Polly Shore. I mean, come on. That is a natural treasure. I mean, mom's got to go at that point. Uh, Bruce Valanche, another another person that I cannot, in good conscience, let die if my I don't, mother I don't, I don't is think, the other option. I don't think a train could actually get over and, and run over Bruce Valanche. Because of the beard. I think the train would just derail. Uh, is that, sorry, is that a fat joke that it's you're trying to make? It's a fat joke, yeah. Okay. Uh but sorry, what you're telling me, Grant, here then is in that bogus scene that makes no sense in context of the film in Batman v Superman is now going to mean even less because they're not actually going to follow through with the storyline it's directly impacting. Well, no, what I and this is what I thought that that's why I said I think it's too early to do Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. So it basically what it will end up happening is, you know, they'll get to Flashpoint in, you know, a couple movies. And then they can reference that. No, I think it's it's beating such a dead horse at this point. And I, I, I almost don't want to say it, but I mean, I'm going to. Which is, DC has this great lore and these really cool storylines. And, and stuff that is, in many ways, so much more tragic and so much more... Uh, involved than any of the Marvel movies have even attempted to be, or even in the comic books when we look at that. Uh, very few storylines in the Marvel Universe get as intricate and as uh, interrelated as what the DC does. 
and, and yet in the movie versions, Marvel has slowly, over these la- this last decade, cultivated these characters that we just really super care about. And DC, on the other hand, knows they have these great storylines and tries to jump into them before we even care about the characters. And you just see these two different approaches and why taking your time to get somewhere has greater emotional impact instead of just rushing and getting to that storyline. Exactly. So maybe they're slowly starting to realize that. I don't know. I'm 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 still kind of pulling for DC, even though I haven't gone and watched. I watched uh, Wonder Woman, and that is the last DC movie I saw in theaters. I'm kind of refusing to go and see another one until I'm hearing they they've changed course. Well, I'll go see Aquaman. Mm, good for you. I have What's movie. Next? I have movie pass, so I'll just go see. Right, that's right. That's right. What do I care? It costs me fifty cents. Well, the the, the funny. I'm thing... not going to go and pay literally eighteen Canadian dollars to go and see Aquaman. The funny thing is, is because because the movie is quote unquote free for me, uh, I just end up going and you know eating dinner, you know having a more expensive. I'll have a salmon. Right. It's like... <laughs> I I would ba- I would basically have done this anyway. So why don't I just have a I would have spent this anyway. So why don't I just have a, a filet mignon while I'm watching this movie? Well, Chili's, uh, this is, this Chili's a... doesn't have a filet mignon. So okay, okay. Well, I'll have a, a an awesome blossom. Uh, I do have a question then that just popped into my mind. An, op- be- because an awesome they're... blossom is is that is that my ambiolic? <laughs> Correct. She actually serves it. That's her that's her uh, night gig that uh, that she has. Uh, no, I was gonna. I'm curious, Grant. Then, because these are technically "quote unquote" free in your mind, do you think that you're less critical on on some of these movies you've seen because you didn't necessarily have to pay full price? That you're like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't great, but uh, whatever. It cost me literally nothing. <laughs> well, my 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 one friend, uh, she gets mad when she sees a bad movie. Sure. Yeah. She just gets pissed off, and I'm like, why? You know, I've never gotten pissed off, really. Uh, I've gotten annoyed, especially when I had high expectations for something. But no, I don't mm. think I'm. I don't think I'm less critical. I'm still as critical. But I think I find the bad movies funnier mm. now. Okay. Now that I, it's free. Interesting. So, All right. Because well, I, re- I remember that I was. In, I forget which movie it was, but I was laughing during the really bad parts in the theater no one else is laughing and i'm just laughing i mean there was like four people in the theater <laughs> sure but i'm sitting there laughing my ass off because it was just like that is the worst worst but it was oh yeah. because i had because i had a uh, movie pass i saw oh no i don't think that was when i had movie pass but i was about to say uh death day or whatever it was happy death day oh right yeah yeah and i was like oh this is actually pretty good so the uh the Groundhog Day murder thing, so that, basically. That's one of the things that MoviePass does is it'll make me go see movies I wouldn't have normally saw, um, and it'll and I'll end up being surprised and happy that I saw them. Mm-hmm. I had this experience, this communal experience of this awful movie. So uh, let's move on to something that makes you happy. Oh yes, when I saw this written down because I had not heard about this. Yeah, it was uh, just announced today. Uh, Feige in the UK uh, said that Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, is coming to the MCU after uh, Captain Marvel. Interesting. So she's in Phase 4 now. Okay, so 
Kevin Feige, who's like the producer that's behind most of the, well, all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe up until this point, uh, love him or hate him, he he uh, is kind of the torchbearer of the entire series. Kamala Khan is Miss Marvel in the current comic book run and is great. Like, if anyone has not read any of her stories, it is real good. However, as far as I know, Captain Marvel is Miss Marvel. Like... Uh, or at least gives the banner of the Miss Marvel to to uh, to Kamala Khan. Well, yeah, she uh, Captain the the female Captain Marvel was Miss Marvel when there was a male Captain Marvel, uh, right? Which was Marvel. This is where it gets super confusing. Yeah, which is Jude Law is playing Marvel. Correct. In, he has to be in like every movie nowadays, apparently. And uh, um, so Jude Law was Marvel, and uh, now I just by Bill the way Larson I I, is... I finished the Young Pope, which was. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Good, good to know. Uh, but yeah, and then Brie Larson is going to be uh, Captain Marvel, who's who, which is the next movie, right? So uh, no, it's not. Sorry, that'll be the first movie uh, next year because we still have Ant Man and the Wasp this year. So yeah, so um, uh, so Miss she was Miss Marvel. Then when Marvel, uh, I don't know, died or something. Who knows? She, she became yeah. Captain Marvel. And then uh, eventually uh, Kamala Khan became Miss Marvel. Yeah. So uh, uh, this is going to be really interesting. And if he's actually already pronounced this, I wonder if they're going to be simultaneously uh, there together. Or is he kind of subtly hinting that Brie Larson's Captain Marvel is going to you know, bite the dust? No, because he's already announced basically that uh, Captain Marvel is the most powerful person in yeah. the MCU. So, okay, so I'm going to just type this in. Feige, Kamala, Kamala and it, Khan. And I want with, to see if he, did he announce anything else? Uh, not that I know of, uh, but just, um, isn't that crazy that he just, in an interview, he just said it. No yeah. big event, no nothing. He's just like, oh, by the way. Yeah, just drop that knowledge. Okay, this is from, I haven't read this article yet, so this is real time. This is from Slash Film. Uh, we're doing Captain Marvel right now. Captain Marvel's shooting right now with Brie Larson. Miss Marvel, which is another character in the comic books, the Muslim hero who is inspired by Captain Marvel, is definitely sort of in the works. We have plans for that once we've introduced Captain Marvel to the world. So Feige declined to say how Marvel plans to introduce Kamala Khan, whether it's in a cameo in Captain Marvel, through her own solo film, or through a solo series on Netflix. But whatever the case, Kamala Khan's introduction would be a welcome new addition to Marvel's growing pantheon of diverse superheroes, and a nice way to break up the plethora of white guys named Chris. Yeah, and it, that's funny because the article I read uh, basically added it to Phase 4 with, you know, all those, you know... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three and right, right, right. You know, whatever. I wonder if this is just the yeah, a lot of somewhat speculation based on what he actually said. Uh, well, this is. I mean, again, I'm super down for that. Kamala Khan is like one of my favorites. Uh, I think. And just imagine might point to. I mean, we kind of have started to see this. We know that, at least in the business side of the Marvel universe, we know that, you know. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is not going to be around forever. He's wanting to take like a step back and not be such so much at the forefront of the Marvel universe. Well, I uh, bet you he wants an Oscar. He he wants to go yeah. after that. I think sure, and then he can maybe focus on Oscar. Uh, but Chris Evans also wants to take a step back. 
I'm sure Chris Hemsworth wants to take a step back after having been in like the Thor universe for so long. Uh, so when you take those three big, big names out of there, we have to start this big machine that's already started coming forward, bringing out these new heroes. So we have Tom Holland's Spider-Man. We're bringing in uh, uh, some of these other superheroes. We introduced the Scarlet Witch here, you know, a few years ago. Kind of setting up this new Avengers era that I'm sure is going to happen after Avengers Four. Um, but what I think, what I'm what I'm going to do as the example here is that in Spider-Man: Homecoming, they had that Donald Glover character who was a sly reference to the fact that he is Miles Morales' uncle. So we know Miles Morales is existing in this world too. We haven't been introduced to him yet, but I'm wondering if we're like getting even set up for like phase six at this point right where we we can bring in kamala khan and miles morales and uh they already talked about um oh uh, amadeus cho his mother shows up in one of the avengers films so having like those three come out which we now would have a muslim woman a black male teenager and then an asian american teenager and that's your new face of of, uh, of the Avengers, and I think that would pre- be pretty cool if we have that much inclusion. Well, if if uh, I'm sure they want to wait until after Trump leaves the White House to introduce Kamala Khan, because he'll probably uh, ban it from theaters. Oh, he would have a oh well, no matter what, he's gonna have a meltdown probably if he finds out that there's yes a, a Muslim uh, American woman. Those three words together just make him very scared. And then you say superhero after that. He's like, what? His his hair would literally run off of his head. It's already doing that. That is true. All right. Well, let's move on. I'm just excited. I know. I should ask. Are you excited? Oh, that's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you know much about Kamala Khan? Have you read any of her stories? I read uh, one comic, so I've kind of barely Mm -hmm. know anything about her. So I some it was in the it was in the middle too. So it was I was not really. Like, I don't know exactly what's going on, so whatever. Why is the Hulk the bad guy? Yeah, exactly. So uh, so we have a Bat- Batman prequel from Bruce Heller. So it might be a Gotham prequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce is Heller. He, oh, is he the showrunner of Gotham? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, at least I believe it's from Bruce Heller. That's one of the, one of the things I read today. Uh, who knows if that's true or not. Uh, uh, and it's going to be based on Penny Alfred Pennyworth, who is a former SAS operative. Right. Okay. So when you first wrote this down, I flipped Pennyworth into Pennywise, and I thought this was an It series coming to Epics. So this is even kind of worse in my mind. But continue on. Yeah. So it's gonna. I, I think it's gonna be uh, when he first started working for Thomas Wayne. Possibly. I would rather it be that he when he's with the SAS. Which would mm-hmm. be a lot more cool, but I think it's when he's first starting working for Thomas Wayne. Uh, it's going to be on Epics. I don't know if you guys have Epics up there, but it's a. Pre- I don't know. I don't have television anymore. So. It's a. It's kind of a newer premium channel. I don't know what they do with this, other than the fact that like this is tangentially working into the like the Batman universe, because it's not like he's going to be fighting the Penguin or, you know. Uh, the Joker or the Riddler or anything like that. All it is is like this is literally Alfred when he was in the SAS. Well, it might, I think it's when he's with just Thomas Wayne. Okay. Well, even then, it's like okay. So what are you doing? You're the Butler slash 
guy who cleans stuff up. You're the fixer, possibly. Well, he could. But he really, could, uh... the only in with this is because he's part of the Batman universe. Is there any other hooks to this besides that? Well, think about all the the characters that haven't uh, 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 that aren't really used that often. So he could fight like Egghead. Man Bat. He can fight Man Bat. Uh, the Condiment King or whatever. Uh, the Condom King. What does con- he do? Condiment King. Oh, I thought we were talking about Cummings again. Um, you know, King Tut. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think there's what, like the, the the Mad Hatter. You could do like the really C O Eggman. Eggman. I already said Eggman. Oh, did you? Yeah. I wasn't listening. But if How it's, about Eggman. But it was just like um, you know, in Al- Alfred in the Dark Knight series when he talks about, uh, well, and specifically in the Dark Knight where he talks about when he was in Southeast Asia and mm. people getting the like emeralds or opals or something like that, and the he was this guy was going around stealing them. And they ended up finding the whole stash, and he wasn't selling them at all. And so he ended; they ended up burning the whole forest down, right, to right. get to get rid of him. So I think like that stuff would be really cool, especially if they use that story to kick it off. You know, but I they, don't. They they won't. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, they're not. Oh, whatever. I think it's a, anyway. I think it's a dumb idea. Anyways, it's just like I I refuse to watch Krypton because I think it's a stupid idea. I didn't know that was a show. Yeah, it's a prequel to Superman. Well, obviously. So it's it's. Uh, his, I mean, it, it would be really hard to do a, a series based on an exploded planet where everyone's dead. It's a it's 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 his grandfather, I think, is the lead. Yeah, are going to be on those weird winged beast animals? I don't know. I I don't know much about the Superman lore at all. I'm just going off of the uh, first the the Man of Steel movie. Where it was like high fantasy for the first twenty minutes. Oh yeah, I, I don't remember Man of Steel at all. Yeah, probably better. Yeah. Uh, so Zombieland Two is basically uh, coming uh, with the Ooh. original cast in two thousand nineteen. Yeah. So Zombieland was a TV show for what, like half a second? Yeah. Or it was just that, a pilot and, or something. Yeah. Oh no, it was on Amazon, have... right? Yeah, and I don't think it survived past the pilot stage. There was none of the original cast, though, in that, correct? Right. So this is going to bring back, what, Jesse Eisner? Eisenberg. Oh, sure. Yeah, I thought he had some of the Disney fortune, but I was wrong. Uh, Lee Harrelson, so, yeah, Jesse... Emma Stone, and Emma Stone, um, Abigail... Uh, Abigail Breslin. Breslin, yeah. They can't bring back, uh, what's his face? Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray, thank you. Do another BM. Get another BM. Uh, bowel movement? <laughs> my grandma My grandma used to ask me, how was your last BM? Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what she meant. And I, I said, Caddyshack was great. So I had to ask her what, uh, I had to ask my mom what a BM was, and she said, it's when you go poop. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> uh, but, okay, this is a long time coming then. This is, when was the last one brought out? That well, has to be at least nine years ago. Well, yeah, they want it to be released on the 10th year anniversary oh, boy. Uh, okay. of the first one. So in 2019 sometime. What do you do? Like, that one ended off kind of, not really with a cliffhanger, but the fact that they were going to kill, keep killing zombies. So I don't know what else you do in the meantime. Well, I mean, it's, you know, 10 years on. Is there more zombies or less zombies? I mean, the, the thing about... Uh, Zombies, if you just survive long enough, they're going to deteriorate, you know, 
Is that true? Is that how zombies work? Yeah, they'll uh, well, they're decomposing, right? If, you, so. if you've watched The Walking Dead at all, which I stopped watching, but it, the older zombies are just grosser and falling apart. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of a waiting game. That's when you... Well, that's, that's an interesting concept, I guess, they could play around with. Like, the zombies are slowly dying off, and now it's just them four, or maybe some other people that they've come across, hopefully. Um... Well, it, go from there. it would be neat if they're, you know, if they're in like a sanctuary city, you know. They do. They are obviously going to have like another like celebrity cameo of some kind. Ted Danson. Oh, I would love it. That'd be great. Actually, I'm thinking of Ted like, Danson, some... Kirstie Alley, Real Pearlman. Just walk into the Cheers bar. George Wentz. I'm thinking it's going to be another like a Bill Murray like type of cameo like probably somebody from the 80s probably someone that was super popular steve gutenberg they're gonna run into steve gutenberg rick moranis rick moranis would be pretty fun he's coming well, he back is, he's coming back um because his kids are all grown up now so i would say dan Aykroyd, but a little bit overexposed if you ask me well and he's insane <laughs> that's, that's kind of what i mean just drinking his stupid skull vodka and Thinking aliens are going to land at any point. Oh, did I tell you the story about uh, when I was – it was like 15 years ago and I was in – it was just when I moved down here and I where, used to go where, – where did, where did Dan Aykroyd touch you, Grant? Uh, in, my, in my brown star. <laughs> and uh, so I was, uh, I was uh, at the House of Blues, downtown Disney. That's where I used to go. Uh, when I was at Disneyland, I'd normally go there for food because it was easy to get into the bar, eat food, and get out of there. You didn't have to wait. Right. You know, everywhere else you're waiting for fucking ever to get in. You know this. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, literally everywhere. You know, like Rainforest Cafe for some reason. Rainforest Cafe sits, I think, a thousand people. It's insane. <laughs> have, have you been to the Rainforest Cafe there? I don't think I have, no. You know, it's like three stories – you know, every, it's just insane there. And it's always, you know, an hour plus wait. But if you just go... Well, to they the, literally have to cross the Amazon to help serve you, so... It's, uh, mean. it's so it's like you go to the House of Blues, you walk into the bar, you're boom in, you're boom out. And so... I, I love the House of Blues because, <clears throat> I, I don't know if you remember this, Grant, but that was uh, my first trip to Disney. That is also where we ate. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember we went into the store. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so um, uh, I, I saw the, the stupid skull vodka and I was like, and I'm not, I, and I was like, Hey, bartender, uh, give me a bit of that skull vodka. And the bartender just looked at me and shook his head. <laughs> uh, right. Right. He's just yes. like, you don't, you don't, you don't want, you that. don't want to. So, um, so I did eventually have it, and it is horrible. Like just awful. It is awful. So, just but it's, put a lot of coke in there. It's it's like like Coca Cola. It's distilled. You know, it's like he he talks about how it's triple distilled distilled with crystals, and the crystals yeah. imbue the vodka with like some sort of power. Sure. And then the crystal skull, you know, imparts it with some other thing, whatever. If you go, go on YouTube and just watch Dan Aykroyd talk about it, it's insanity. Insanity. Are you excited about Zombieland 2? 
Oh yeah, I totally am. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's going to be, be good. Um. Oh, but yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Rick. Uh, Rick Moranis is returning for the SCTV reunion. Yeah. Oh yeah, we should have talked about that. SCTV is coming back to Netflix because Netflix is like rebooting so many things. Well, it's I'm just, very it's just excited gonna, about it's, that. It's just going to be a one-off. It's just going to be a documentary. Oh, I know. But they're going to do stuff too. They're, they're actually yeah, going to make some new skits and stuff like that. Because I think the only person who isn't around anymore is John Candy. Yep. Pretty sure. Yeah, that's um, true. It depends oh, if they're going to bring back. Harold Ramis. Oh, right. Yeah, Harold Ramis won't be around. But like everyone else is. Andrew Martin's still around. And Martin Short could uh, come back for a little bit. And some of those those cast members didn't actually be weren't on the show at the same time. But, but still. Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas. Who else was there? Uh, the oh, other guy, guy. Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. I'm thinking of the other guy who was also on Freaks and Geeks. He was the father in Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yeah. I don't know his name. Uh, whatever. Well, who? Oh, by the way, Biff was also in Freaks and Geeks. That's true. He was the yeah. PE teacher. Yeah. Okay. So guess what uh, Star Wars is doing? Kathleen Are they Kennedy, doing another solo film of some kind? Kathleen Kennedy announced that the La- uh, Lando spinoff is coming uh, uh, probably next, and it'll be 2020. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't it, want if these. If it is actually next. Yeah, I don't want these, Grant. Uh, I, I've heard the advanced word on solo, which is mediocre, is like the nicest way you could say it. But most people are kind of confirming what I thought, which is this is a movie with Han Solo in it, and we have to find out how did he beat the Kessel Run, and how did he meet Chewie, and how did he do this, and that's not a movie, that's just a movie that's being thrown at fans instead of a movie that should be a movie. But I, I've heard that basically uh, Dan, Donald Glover steals the show. All right, well, I'm willing to believe that. I mean, he did create one of the best pieces of art in like the last decade. So, uh, Troy and Abed in the it. morning? You're correct, yes, Troy yeah. and Abed in the morning. No, I mean that this is America music video. I actually am on the side of people who are, I'm not a huge fan of the song by itself, but that video is amazing. I don't care. It's so good. Yeah, when I when I heard the his I when I heard this is America, the which was the first time I heard it was on SNL. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I was like, "Eh, that's okay." You know, I liked parts of it. But as right. a whole, I was just like, it's it's good. I mean, it's I didn't hate it. But I'm like, mm-hmm. it's good. I wasn't blown away. But yeah, when you when you put the music with the music video, then it takes on a whole other level. Yeah. And uh, um, my my favorite part, uh, for some reason, of the music video is when he well, there's two favorite parts. Uh, when he uh, every time he uses a gun, he gives it to somebody who's holding a towel. Right, right. Yeah, there's been a lot of videos going through, like, the meanings of all this different thing about how they actually are so reverent to guns, but not to the dead bodies that are in the, in the and, videos. And then uh, at the beginning when he's dancing, that crazy face that he makes. Yeah, the, yeah. just his whole body movement, I think, is actually pretty interesting. I would have never thought he was like that, I don't know, was so in tune with his body and movement and stuff like that. Well, but it's... Both funny and creepy and, yeah, at the same time. They talk about how a lot of his dance moves were inspired by Jim Crow era uh, mm-hmm. images of uh, of black uh, humans. Correct. Yeah. 
Well, okay, well, I'm willing to reserve judgment until I probably see it. I'm part of the problem, everyone. I still go and see these movies, even though I don't think they're going to be any good. Well, the great thing about Lando is we don't know much about his backstory. And, well, I and, guess that is true. And so it's the, the, what he what he does. We're not going to, we're not, you know, every, we knew a bunch about Han Solo's backstory that he was, that he was whatever, whatever, whatever in the movies anyways. It's not in the books. I'm sure there's a bunch of Lando backstory in the books. Um, yeah, probably. Um, but so... You know, so I, I think it's going to be interesting, at least. Or it's just going to be a bureaucratic Cloud City nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, that Joan, uh, what's her name? Joan Allen, when she was Madam President, like the president. Right, right. Or the vice president or something, and she was kind of like, uh, you know, on trial in Congress or under investigation in Congress or something by Gary Oldman, whatever that movie was. I don't even know why I remember that because I've never seen that movie. So I'm going to say, like, you know a lot about Madam Se- – no, not Madam Secretary, about uh, Madam President. No, that's, it wasn't even Madam President because I think – What was it called? Gina Davis was in Madam President, I think. Right. It was called The Contender. That's right. I yeah, mean. The Contender. I think you're right. Yeah. So the the last topic we have is the big controversy at Fox was whether or not Lethal Weapon was going to be renewed – uh, because there was a big problem with one of the stars on the show, uh, and by the way, Lethal Weapon I really liked. It's the top. It was their top rated new drama. Uh, you know, I think it was their top rated. What was drama the What was the controversy? Season. Having not actually followed this at all, well, I know Lethal Weapon. I know there was brought in. It was, it's one of the Wayans, right? Along Dam- with this Damon Wayans. Damon Wayans with this Clayne Crawford guy. Uh, what was the problem with Clayne? Which is not a name, but whatever i don't think it's his real name i think he has an actual name somewhere hmm. so i think it's a stage Some, name. somewhere it's probably in the back of his wallet or something i don't know uh yeah michael michael douglas is still on michael keaton's driver's license that's true i would love when he gets pulled over and they're like what is it a fake license i'm taking you in michael keaton i know who you are I, I love the, this idea that you think that Michael Douglas is just pulled over countless times by the police. <laughs> so, um, so, so you're still married. You're still married to that uh, that woman. <laughs> they actually think he's actually Michael nice. Douglas. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, Rosetta Stone is her name, right? Rosetta Stone. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, Clayne Crawford. Zeta Jones. Man, it took me forever to remember her name. Uh, Clayne Crawford apparently was was very abusive to certain. Uh, the rumor is that he made women cry on set. Uh, mm. That when he directed uh, an episode, he made unsafe conditions, and Damon Wayans actually got hit with shrapnel from oh, an explosion. Geez. So and he got reprimanded a few times uh, from the studio execs, which is funny because after he was reprimanded, they still let him direct episodes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Sounds um, weird, right? So, uh, so sorry. This is this is the actor, though, right? This is the actor uh, right, who okay. played uh, Martin Riggs. Okay. Um, so and so they weren't gonna. They were really debating about whether they're gonna renew this top-rated drama for Fox because they didn't want to deal with Clayne Crawford anymore. So uh, basically, what they did was fire him. <laughs> okay. They, the season finale this year ended with him getting shot in the chest. Okay, so do you think, okay, so they're going to replace him, but they're not going to replace him with another actor. There's just going to be a new character coming in with a new actor. Yeah, Sean William Scott. Wow. Which is an interesting... From Stifler to Lethal Weapon. 
from not doing anything to being employed. Right, right, right. So he is that Sean William Scott? Am I right with with Stifler? You're right. Yeah. Oh, who's the guy from House? House oh. Wilson. That is uh, played by oh Robert Sean Leonard. Yeah. Who's oh, Scott Stapp? I don't know who Scott Stapp is. Oh, he's the lead singer of Creed. Okay. Great. Wow. Good for Who's you. Scott adds it. That's a comedian that always, uh, that's bald. He was on Parks and Rec. Correct. Right. Oh, and he was also on 30 Rock. Oh, 30 Rock. That's right. I meant to say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, Sean William Scott might be playing. Who's Scott Bateman? There is no Scott Bateman. There's Jason Bateman. It's a middle school that's in Manitoba, apparently. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, Okay. So, um, <laughs> Google search is weird sometimes. So, uh, John William Scott might be playing Martin Riggs' brother. Which oh boy, is they're dumb. doing that thing. This is like the cousin Oliver thing from the Brady Bunch. But basically, or uh, the uh, the Three's Company thing, where it was Chrissy's sister that came by for a while. I think basically this is gonna it's not gonna last beyond season three. So probably not. No. Well, there you go. Those are our topics. It looks like we have a question that was sent in here for us, Grant. So let's get to some questions. Question! Or just a question. Well, it's a question. But I was pausing because I think we have some so- some music that plays. And then and then it plays. Uh, so the question is, it's from Jeremiah, who's from Queens, apparently, via Twitter. Should the DC... Just quit the expanded universe and go back to solo hero universe. And you know what, Grant? This is something I've been thinking about for a while. Um, politics is all messed up now in the states, and I think that the Washington D.C. expanded universe right now is just a little bit too crazy. <laughs> and I do think that they should just go back to just being one person that we have to deal with, and we don't have to look at all this intrigue that's happening with like a Stormy Daniels and special prosecutors and all this other stuff that's going on. I think we just need to go back to the one guy in the white house. Okay. So, so DC universe like Batman. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I <laughs> totally misread this question. Uh, you know, and I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, uh, and yeah, I kind of think that they should think about ending this attempt to make a shared universe and maybe going back to just a flash universe or just separating out, not doing no more team up movies for a while. I say that that's the role I would say I would set. We're going to say no team ups for four years. We're just doing solo stuff. We can refer to each other. We can even have like little after credit sequences with each other, but we're just doing solo stuff for four years to build these characters. I say and six, finally I say six crossover. Yeah, well, let's go for 20, 40, Okay, deal. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I think we need to have just some solo stuff going on for a while. It is too much. Um, and I, I honestly think we're on uh, the crest of the superhero bubble at this point. I think we're probably going to see maybe four or five years more at the very most. And then we'll start to see both studios kind of losing ground as the next big thing kind of comes out. I'm going to say it's going to be live action podcasts. Great. Uh, let's move in then into what we have been consuming. Grant, tell me what you've been watching and what you've been looking at this week. I gotta scroll down. Oh, I uh, binged all of Barry. I don't know what this is, so you're gonna have to tell me. It is the uh, Bill Hader 
Hitman oh, wants to be an actor right. show. And is that on Netflix or is it somewhere else? Uh, it's on HBO. HBO. Mm-hmm. So it's um, eh, questionable. Comedy uh, or no? It's a. It's it's kind of like a. A little bit like BoJack Horseman, so there is some drama going on. Right. Okay. Um, not totally like BoJack Horseman, where there's a lot of drama, and a lot of comedy. So it's mostly comedy. Light on the drama. So uh, what what works for you? What doesn't? The the problem is is he's you know he's a hitman and he's very. Uh, he doesn't care too much about giving away his his identity. Mm-hmm. So it's like he doesn't wear gloves, so he's leaving fingerprints everywhere, you know. He's it's just just questionable about how much he's, you know, just making it pretty obvious who he is. Right. Which really annoyed me a lot. And then he was too much of a doormat for a while. It's like you're a hitman, and he showed some fighting skills. So you're like, why are you being a doormat all the time? And but the last episode was really fantastic. The last two episodes I think were really great, um, or three. Okay. Um, so. Do you know if it's been renewed for its second season yet? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll wait and see what works there or what happens there. I will find out. Barry season two. <laughs> if I only had a heart. Yeah, I think season two is coming. Looks like it. Okay. Okay, well, the what I've been watching here, um, I just realized that that's not the actual title that I wrote down here. Uh, it's even longer. So the first one is a documentary that I watched. It's called The Best Worst Thing That Ever Could Have Happened. Bit of a mouthful. This is a documentary... Well, let me, let me preface this first before I jump into what this documentary is about. Grant, as you know, and what a lot of the listeners to this know, I'm a huge, huge fan of musical theater. And Did you ever watch The Greatest Showman? No, I haven't yet. I really should at some point. I liked it a lot. Okay, well, I'll put that on my watch queue. But because I'm a big fan of musical theater, I'm also the a big, big fan of this composer called Stephen Sondheim, who has done stuff like uh, West Side Story and Sweeney Todd and Into the Woods. Like those are kind of his big ones that most people will have heard of, at least. Uh, I love his music. I love his lyrics. I love pretty much everything about him, and so much so that I'm filling you in a little, maybe a little secret if you haven't seen some of my latest YouTube live streams. Uh, I'm developing a podcast devoted to him. So I'm in my research phase, and I came across this documentary, which uh, in the so in the late 80s, or I think it was early 90s, like 91, 92 era, he was fresh off this huge hit, Sweeney Todd, and him and his like frequent collaborator who had like collaborated on the last six or seven shows that they had done, each one of them a pretty big hit, or at least a modest hit, and they decide to make this musical called merrily we roll along and this is pretty infamous in musical theater circles because it was a huge flop coming from this huge hit that won like a bunch of tony awards and was in the zeitgeist of of popular culture merrily we roll along 
uh, lasted 16 performances before it was closed down on Broadway. Like, it was a financial and critical flop. Nobody liked it. So, this uh, has been infamous, like I said, in musical theater circles. The weirdly interesting thing about it is that, like, the generation that came after it, like, 15 years later, or even some of, like, the younger generation that was listening to cast albums at that time, made this essentially a cult classic. And for me specifically, I think it is some of the best music that Sondheim has ever written. Uh, there was definitely some some stumbling blocks as far as the staging of it and, and how they, they put it. Uh, the quick synopsis is that it's about this guy who uh, basically achieves his dream, but in so doing so kind of loses sight of what he originally was trying to do in the first place. So like it, the quest for money kind of corrupts his artistic output. Uh, and it's also told in reverse. So you basically start at the ending of the musical, and each scene is about three years before that. And it keeps going back until he grad is graduating and being like, this is what I want to do with my life when I go out into the world. And then you and your mind are comparing and contrasting that of how the play actually started or how the musical actually started. Uh, anyway, so one of the people that was in this musical grew up and is made a uh, living in the theater by being a director and that sort of thing. And he wanted to go and investigate the reasons why this failed, go and talk to all the original cast members, go and talk to Sondheim himself and the director. Uh, Jason Alexander, this is one of his first acting gigs. Uh, so they go and talk to him and, and how how it affected him sort of thing. I'm always, then, I'm always surprised when I hear that Sondheim's still alive. I don't I know, know why. He's, 80, he's 88. I know. Well, when you think mm. it was like West Side Story came out in 1957, and that was his first show, uh, but he was super young. Like everyone forgets, like he was just really, really young when he started his his theater stuff. Like he was in his early 20s. So yeah, he's 88 and apparently still writing his last show that he wants to put on. So we'll Jason, see if that ever happens. So Jason Alexander. So they talk to Jason Alexander, uh, and they, what they eventually do in this documentary, so they detail all this information, they detail where everyone's gone, uh, how they felt, and they, a lot of people like get really choked up about it. And like, um, it works up to being uh, this guy who's making the documentary and who is one of the leads in the original production. They restage a concert version of this. So this, everyone's up on stage singing their parts. Uh, there's like no set or anything like that. They're just doing um, what they call like the concert version. And like rapturous applause. I'm kind of giving away the, the whole plot of this movie, but um, it's, it's it's this really cool culmination of being like, this is how we always envisioned this going. Like, everyone would love it, except when it originally came out, people were, like, literally walking out during the fourth song because they just didn't like it at all. And now, because it's this cult classic, people are, like, standing and giving, a, like, a thunderous ovation after every, uh, every uh, song comes on sort of thing. Uh, this is a very inside baseball documentary. I liked it quite a bit, uh, but I don't know if I could actually recommend this to someone who wasn't somewhat familiar with the story or at least the musical itself, because I don't think it does a really great job of really getting you to understand like, what the musical is about, why it's important to so many people. You kind of have to have some of this knowledge already baked in before you go and watch it. Uh, but if you do like musical theater, if you do know a little bit about the story of Merrily We Roll Along, I think it's uh, really well done in, in, in that regard, at least. Uh, second thing I watched was 
the John Krasinski directed movie, A Quiet Place, which right. a lot of people have been buzzing about. I know you've seen this, Grant, and you weren't a big fan of it. Well, I was. I, it's not like I uh, I hated it. It's mm-hmm. just that I wasn't like, oh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I was on board with it for the most part. I just really love this concept of using sound and sound design as the as the horror inside the film where like any kind of sound is like no oh my gosh like i am now on edge because i know that the monsters can hear what just happened here and having an actual uh, deaf person being cast in a role of another of, of an actual deaf person really gave it i think a lot of realism in that role and knowing that she doesn't know that she's making sound uh, and that's terrifying in and of itself. And she cannot actually even hear the creatures approaching her from behind, but we can see them coming at her. I think it just adds this level to it. I, I don't think it's a home run, uh, um, even though I, I rated this pretty highly. If you go and watch my letterbox score, I think there's two big things that prevent it from from sticking the landing a little bit, uh, which is, and this is what a lot of critics have said. Uh, and if I if you haven't seen, it, I don't want to spoil it necessarily, but I'll just say the whiteboard uh i don't believe anyone would actually write what actually appears on that whiteboard in real life and that kind of like threw me like that that's a very movie convention that's going on right there um and then as much as i loved and you see this in the trailer how much i loved the concept of being like I am giving birth right now, and I need to do this in the most silent way possible. I love that idea and how they realize that. Once the baby is born, I think you're throwing all logic out the window in many cases, where it's just like, no, I don't, I don't believe this child would be that silent uh, in this kind of situation. Well, they have, they have that, they have the the room, right? Yes. That you can but do whatever you want. Given that room, I don't know if they just didn't visually show that off really well, but it's like. The room has a single mattress that's covering the hole in the top. I'm like, mm, I don't know if that single mattress is going to do enough to like make this be completely silent. Right. Anyways. Uh, anyways, I like the majority of it. There's, a, like I said, a few things. Oh, and again, spoilers, so skip ahead like 30 seconds here. Uh, it bugs me the way that John Krasinski sacrifices himself. Yeah, that I feel that if he, I feel like he would go down swinging or should have gone down swinging than just standing there and yelling. Yeah, it's, it's like the sacrifice of uh, Clark Kent's father in The Man of Steel. Right. It's like, no, you don't you don't actually have to do this. <laughs> yeah. There's ways out here. I mean, he could have been saved without Clark even using his powers. Yeah. By the way, too, though, having said that, the last moment of this movie is phenomenal. I love Emily Blunt. I just like Emily Blunt anyways, and she gets to look so badass at the very end. She is badass. Um, lastly, I wanted to just recommend a podcast, uh, one that I have recommended a bunch on Twitter. And full disclosure, I am friendly with both of the hosts of this podcast. Uh, but it's called Sad Boys, boys with a Z at the end of it. And their tagline is it's uh, about feelings and other stuff also. But it's two guys down in San Francisco who sit down, usually on a weekly basis, uh, sometimes have a guest, sometimes not. But what they are, they have a topic, and they discuss their feelings on it, and their insecurities about things, and their anxieties about it, uh, and just have this nice open conversation, and are also really funny at the same time. So I think it's, uh, in many ways, is the show that I originally envisioned this to be, uh, except 
um, I'm not as talented as they are. So <laughs> uh, everyone should go and listen to Sad Boys. I think it's a really, really great program. Um, all right, Grant, is there anything else that we need to do? No, let's just... Uh... Did we discover whatever this is this week, Grant? Uh, you go first. I go first. I think we discovered this uh, this week that any person that has three names is the same person in my mind. That's true. They're also assassins. Correct. They are also assassins. Robert Sean Leonard is probably killed. He probably went back in time and, you know, he's the one that, oh, John Wilkes Booth, you know. Correct. Well, Sirhan Sirhan. I don't know if that's four names, two names. I don't know. I don't really know how math works. No. Uh, whatever this is to me. Uh, yeah. um, come with that. Uh, come up with that comedy that people know us for, Grant. <laughs> Maybe pull pull out that uh, pull back a reference to the very beginning of the podcast where we were talking about Laurel and Yanni. That's what I, I was trying to remember what that was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I I love the fact. Uh, uh, Whatever this is, uh, where is Yanni on this issue? Yeah, he has to come out of hiding. That's for one yeah. thing. Um, like we said, we don't trust anyone with three names, which is why we have to call out Tyler Forrest Hauser for making all the music that you heard in today's episode. If you want to get in contact with us, there's just so many ways you can do so. You can send in uh, messages or audio recordings to... Whatever this, so no, that's not the email address. It's whateverpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at whateverpod or go to Facebook, facebook.com slash whateverpod. My own Twitter address, or not address, but name is at the Kyle Marshall. That's Marshall with two L's. Grant, what's uh, your Twitter? Twitter.com slash Fejimans, F E J I M A N Z, or Z, depending upon what country you're in. So um, I was in the supermarket the other day. Ooh, a dish. And I was at the I was in the vet or the you know the the produce section. And all okay. of a sudden, this girl, this little girl, comes in. She's like, "I don't want candy. I want tomatoes." <laughs> and I'm okay. like, "What's going on here? This is interesting." Let me uh, pull up my chair that they brought with me. And she, she keeps, you know, basically shouting. I don't not shouting, she's just being a little bit louder, you know, talking in a like a like a medium outside voice. I don't want candy, I want tomatoes. We gotta get tomatoes. I want can I don't want candy, I want tomatoes. And I'm standing in front of the Roma tomatoes at this point. And she walks up to me and she's like, Are these tomatoes? And I'm like, Yeah, those are tomatoes. And I, I walk around there's tomatoes around this whole stand. It's all tomatoes. So I'm like, you know what else is also tomatoes? These little guys here, these are cherry tomatoes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know what else is tomatoes? These big guys right here. <laughs> and I'm like, then you got the tomatoes on the vine right over there. And she's just, you know, fascinated with tomatoes. I'm like, this girl's really cute, adorable. Uh-huh. So not all, uh, not all little girls are, are Satan's little helpers. I guess so. I was anticipating you like literally feeding her a tomato at some point. I think that would have been pretty. And funny. and that's and that's why they don't let me back to the grocery store anymore. I now am a registered sex offender. Oh, by the way, since our last episode, it has been confirmed that within the month we're going to be getting Arrested Development season five. 
Yeah, I was really convinced that we were going to get it on Cinco, or Quattro de Cinco. Right, which is what, what happened last time.